Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Earn Your Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger, more resilient, and far more confident and capable than they believe in or have ever been told is possible. And yes, I threw in that extra one today on purpose because that is something that we're going to be talking about in today's episode. However, before we do that, I got two things for you. One, I'm your host, Zach Kanati. I'm the one, the man, the myth, the only, and there's nobody else like me. So welcome to the party, y'all. Number two, I actually got a part two, one, and part two, two. So we're going to be listening up today. Part two, one, is I need you to use what we talk about in today's episode, all right? And there's a very critical reason for it. Now, if I were to tell you right away, I'm kind of going to steal a surprise, but I got to give you guys out a little taste. Uh, But you know, fuck the sales techniques. Why do I need you to do, right? Like, what is the first thing? Why do I need you to use this? First of all, if it's useful, I need you to use it. And here's the main reason why. Because when we use the things that we know and we use the things right after we learn them, it does two things for us. One, it actually helps us learn that skill, that lesson, that whatever better. And two... You don't actually understand what the hell I'm talking about until you've done it. All right, guys, I have a really hard time talking about things I haven't done, I I don't do regularly, or haven't researched vigorously. I hate hypocrites, especially when I myself am acting a hypocrite, which, I'll be honest, I do every once in a while. Unfortunately, we all human, we all fuck up, but... You just change your finger like that. You snap your finger. You're going to be good if you use it right away. It's going to help you learn. It's going to help you do things. And also, you're going to understand it, okay, which is the whole point. Because when you learn it, when you do it, and then you understand it afterwards, you're going to understand and you're actually going to receive the value in what the episode is about. Okay, now the 2.2 or the, I guess technically the third item I'm asking you about today is if you know somebody that could use this as well. So after you've... Uh, you know, you've done it, you learned it, and then now you understand it. After you've done all that, you think somebody else could benefit from it. Tell them, motherfucker. All right. The whole point of the show is to add value to as many people in the world as humanly possible. But folks, I'm only one man. Okay. I I know a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. But I need I need your guys's help. Okay. So I need you to be sharing the show. I need you guys to be sharing the wisdom. If you think it's wisdom, if it's not, don't share it. But if you think it's good stuff and you're using it yourself because you learned it here or this confirmed it because you heard it somewhere else, tell somebody else. All right. People who listen to the show are go-getters. They're action takers. They're people who are going to be making differences in the world. If you want to do that, we need people behind us. We need a team. We need action. We need a community of people who are go-getters, who are badasses, who are boss motherfuckers. We need to tell people if they're going to be boss, if they're going to unlock their boss level, which we all got. Most people just don't want to unlock it. They're not willing to do the work to unlock it. I need you guys to share with these other people who you think this would help. The skills, the techniques, the lessons that can help them unlock their boss level. All right. Now, I am not 
I have not fully unlocked my boss level yet, but that's also why I'm doing this, right? Because I'm in the process of doing it. Y'all can see somebody who every single day is working hard, is doing their things, is getting it done. And I can tell you, I've been doing this just a little over a year. I am not the same man I was a little over a year ago when I first started. I am more confident. I am more sure of myself. I can regulate my emotions better. I am more articulate. I know what I actually stand for in a much clearer way. I take more action towards my goals, and I am making more progress towards my goals than I was a year ago. So you guys are getting to listen and see somebody who is doing the things they're talking about. I haven't made it yet, but by golly, I'm going to fucking make it. I guarantee you that. I know one thing more than anything else about myself, and that I do not quit. I will not stop until I make it or I'm dead. Those are the two things. And even when I make it, I ain't made it yet because there's always another level. So do those couple things, guys. Use it, learn it, understand it, and share it with somebody for me. All right? I really, really need you to do this. It's going to help the show out. It helps other people out. That's the most important thing. Screw the show. Screw me. Help your boy out. Help your girl out. Tell them what you think is useful. Help somebody else out. Make their life better. Okay? That's the whole point of the show. Now, I've been rambling a lot more than I normally do, but I'm kind of pumped up and I'm really excited to give you guys this message talking about today. And basically, we're talking about voluntary suffering. And this is a really, honestly, guys, it's a critical component, especially once you realize that you want to make it somewhere in life. You want to live somewhere above the average person. And it's it's critical for one reason and one reason alone. I mean, there's many reasons, but here's like the main reason. Because to make it above the average life, you must suffer to some degree. If you want to make progress in the gym, there will be pain. You will not want to go work out every day you're supposed to go work out, right? You will not want to go run every day you're supposed to go run. You're not going to want to go swim every day you're supposed to swim. You will not want to eat everything you're supposed to eat, or you'll want to eat things that you're not supposed to eat, or somebody's going to piss you off, but because you're a higher quality, a higher caliber person, you're not going to lose your temper. You're going to have to bite your tongue. You're going to have to eat your words. And you have to realize, you know what? I'm better than this. So I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm not going to show weakness in that form because it is weakness to lose your temper. And I actually first heard that from Jocko Willing because I used to think it was kind of badass. People that lose your temper are like, yeah, that dude really showed him who it was. That dude really was like, you know, he showed him who's boss. And it's like, now that I'm, I'm not that old, but I'm a lot older than I was. That guy was just weak, bro. That guy who lost his temper, who snapped on somebody, who, you know, said some obscene things that didn't need to be said or said it in a more aggressive way than what was needed. That guy's just weak. And it's a reason it's a weakness because he lost control of himself, right? Especially as a man, you can't lose control of yourself, right? Like, yes, it's not the end of the world if you have a moment of weakness, but it's just that. A moment of weakness, right? They call losing control a moment of weakness because it is just that. It's fucking weak, okay? As a man, no matter what you do, especially as a man, for all people in general, but especially men, if you lose your shit, that's weak. That's not strong. That's not being the manly man. That's not bossing up. In fact, if you think bossing up is losing your shit on people, no, that's actually bitching out. That's fucking bitching out if you're going to lose your shit on people. 
because a real boss has a whole chaos. Everything is falling apart. Everything is going chaotic. Everybody's freaking out, and he's the guy. That's the person who sits there with a straight face and starts directing traffic. They say, you need to go do this. You need to go do this. Us as a group are going to go do this. And once we do A, B, and C, we're going to solve problems X, Y, and Z. All right, that is a boss. A boss is not somebody who loses their shit. A boss is not somebody who can't control their emotions. A boss is not somebody who lets their emotions dictate how they show up in the world, how they react to things, right? A boss is somebody who they can have everything fall apart. They can have everything go against them, everything go wrong, lose everything, and they show up and they make the next move. That is a boss, and they do it in a controlled manner. That's a boss. I think anybody who listens to this show wants to be a boss to some degree, right? Whether it's like the mob boss where you get like Arnold where you got the fat stogie, the pinstripe suit, and you're making calls and boom, 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 things are getting done. Or you're like the big wig on Wall Street and you're rolling in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and you make the call and it's like, boom, we're going to sell $5 million of stock here. We're going to buy you know, these six, eight million dollars worth of stock in these four different companies. And then, you know, actually, I'm going to short sale this. And then, boom, oh, I just made seven million dollars lickety split like that, right? Or you're a CEO of your own company, you're the founder of your own company. And boom, ba 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 banga, you know, you're making moves, you're making money, you're helping people out, you're making the world a better place. That is a boss. A boss is not the person who can't control themselves when a little thing goes their way or somebody looks sideways at them. No, that's a weak person. All right, that's a person who has weak intestinal fortitude. And I'll be honest, the times I get most mad at myself are when I lose my shit or when I can't control my emotions. In fact, just about two weeks ago, I had two instances where I did and I've been beating myself up about them. Now, I have rectified both situations, right? I've gone back, I've apologized, and I've done the internal work to be like, all right, in this specific situation, why did I get to, why did I get angry? Why did I snap? Even though it was just for a second, I still snapped. Why was that? What was the what were the contributing factors? What was the state I was in? And now that I know where I was in that moment, when that comes up again, because it will. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. How am I going to now respond in a more appropriate more boss-like manner so that that doesn't happen again. And now what we're talking about today with voluntary suffering, this is actually the modality to train that response, right? Because if you want to be a boss, right, what what you really, what bosses really do better than anybody else, what they do better than Anybody else, what makes Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger? What makes Elon Musk, Elon Musk? What makes Andy Frisella, Andy Frisella? Right? What makes George Washington, George Washington? Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King. Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. What makes these men and these women, right? Who? What makes these people the boss that they are, right? What makes Harriet Tubman the boss that she is? It is a simple fact that these people are able to regulate their internal state, right? Their nervous system, right? If we want to take it from uh, an emotional down to a biological level, 
What makes these people the boss that they are? What makes the big wig on Wall Street the person that they are? It is that they can regulate their nervous system, which means they can regulate their internal state better than other people. Why does this matter? Why, why does it matter if I can regulate my emotions better? Why does it matter if I can calm myself down and stay cool, calm, and collected in a stressful situation? Why does that matter? Let me tell you why. Because Well, there's a couple reasons. Well, there's one reason, but there's a couple explanations for that reason. The reason is, is you make better decisions. You make better decisions when you can regulate yourself, when you can regulate your state. And no matter what is going on externally, you can control what's going on internally. You will make better decisions. Why is that? Well, let me guess. Let me ask you this. Did you ever like win something when you were younger and you went on you crazy party, party, party hard and you went out crazy, you got maybe really drunk, you went wild at the party and then you wake up the next morning and you're kind of remembering like what was going on or trying to remember what went on and you're like, damn, it happened again. I lost control. I made a bad decision. Or maybe you had something really, you've had like a really stressful week, you know, work's piling on, you got bills coming up, you're not making enough money, you're stressed out because of A, B, C, you know, and now you're coming home, your girl's pissed off at you, and you snap on her, and you say something you don't actually mean, but it was just out of an emotional state right then and there. Are you going to regret that? Or are you going to be like, I'm a man, I'm fucking proud of that, that bitch deserved to be snapped on. Put her ass in her place. Yeah, because that's what a man does. No, dumbass. You ain't proud of that. You ain't fucking proud of that. And if you are, you a bitch. You ain't a man. You're a fucking boy. If you snap on somebody in either of those situations, right? What happened? What happened? You let your emotions get control of you. Now, whether you went out and partied way too hard... Right? Maybe you went on a, a, a weekend bender like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because you closed the biggest deal and you're, you know, we're in Q1, just about, about partway through Q1. If you, you know, let's say your Q4 goals, you met them, you're like, you ran strong, making money, close the deals, yada, yada, yada. And so you went out, you party for five days in a row and now you're fucked for a week. Right? Like, dude, I re- we really shouldn't have done that. I just blew 30% of those profits I made in a weekend. I made 100K and I blew 30K of it. Oh, man, that was bad. Or are you the dumbass who has a stressful life and they can't control their emotions? They don't know how it's like, you know, before I walk in home, I need to take two minutes and breathe. Because if I don't, I'm going to snap on my wife and kids. And I'm going to say something hurtful that I don't actually mean. And that's just my unregulated self-talking right? Are you proud of either of those? As a person, are you going to walk away from either of those decisions saying, yeah, I don't regret anything. Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe let's say it's like a a milder example. Maybe you're in a relationship and somebody doesn't text you back right away or they don't answer a call or they say, hey, you know, I can't talk right now. And it's been a couple days since you've talked to them and you're like, oh my God, does this person like me anymore? Am I going to get abandoned? Like, did I do something wrong? And, you know, just a couple, the last time you guys talked, you had like a deep, intimate conversation where they told you some things that, They admitted they haven't told anybody else yet or you told them 
them things that you don't tell many people. And they were warm, they're empathetic for you, they held a space for you, they were embracing and they you know, and they showed that, yes, I'm here for you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to disrespect you like that and throw your feelings at the trash. And now just because they, you haven't talked to them for a couple of days or they didn't answer a phone call or, you know, they're out doing something with their life and they can't talk to you right this instant. Uh, are you going to start thinking and be like, oh my God, they don't like me anymore. Like, what did I do wrong? Maybe I'm not good enough for them. Maybe they never really liked me and they're just abusing me and using me for whatever, for sex or for emotions. And, oh, and, and then you go and you break up with the person and they're like, dude, what the fuck? None of that's true. Like I never, I never felt that way. It's like life just got in the way, man. I was busy, you know? I was just busy, like I have my own life, I'm my own person, you know, and you thinking like that, you're just going crazy now, your emotions, when you let them take control of you, is when you make bad decisions, right, there's an old saying, don't ever make a permanent decision on a momentary emotion, and that speaks exactly to this, a lot of us and I've done this myself, a lot of us, we get into these heightened emotional states, especially if we spend a lot of time on social media, especially if we don't do a lot of internal work, if we're not regulating ourselves, we go in and we have this stressful event happen and we have all this big emotional reaction. You know, I think COVID, George Floyd, uh, everything social media, Kanye, Johnny Depp, um, you know, the World Economic Forum, all the chickens that are dying, you know, inflation, all these different things. They're all things that cause all these different heightened emotions and they are intense. The emotions are intense, man. You feel them. You feel this burning sensation in you. It's like this intense thing. Like, what the fuck is going on? Those are your emotions, right? And you can take two different routes. You can either get lost in them Right, where somebody says something, they do something, they disappoint you, they irritate you, they make you angry, they hurt you, and you just get lost in rage and pain, and that's all you see is it's like the old adage, I just saw red, right? I just saw red, I don't know what's going on, I just saw red, I was pissed. Or you get in the sadness, and all of a sudden, something that didn't personally affect you has now ruined your day, ruined your week, ruined your month because you're lost in this emotional turmoil over it. And or there's the other emotion, which actually a girl I worked with, and a student of mine, a classmate of mine, a coworker of mine, a good friend of mine, Emma. She posted on her Instagram store. Uh, Instagram. It was actually this great analogy about the yogi thought of meditation and just letting thoughts pass as thoughts she posted this video of standing on a bridge overlooking a river and there's chunks of ice floating through and she said just watching the river flow and watching the ice pass by is actually a beautiful um, analogy for what meditation is and what the, the yogis call and i think what a lot of what you might call enlightened people talk about of emotional detachment right it's becoming the observer of your emotions you still feel them you still experience them they're still just as intense but instead of being engulfed 
in them, right? Instead of being lost in them, instead of hopping on that chunk of ice and trying to ride it down. And when it starts to tilt or crack or water comes on and you freak out more and you just cling to this piece of ice, instead of doing that, you just step back and you just watch it go. You just watch it pass. And now you still feel all these emotions. You still experience the full intensity of these emotions. But the difference is, is you're on the bridge, not on the piece of ice floating down the river. See, when we, when we can detach from our emotions, it's not that we don't feel them, right? I think this is something, and this is something that I got confused with for a long time. And I'm just, just now starting to understand it because I've, I've, Lately, I've been in states where I have these heightened emotions and it's I'll be able to check myself. It's like, hey, Zach, do you really need to get lost in this anxiety? Hey, Zach, do you really need to get angry right now? Hey, Zach, are you angry? Or are you experiencing anger? All right. Hey, Zach, are you really sad? Or are you just experiencing something that's sad? Right. And so I've been slowly and just lately been able to experience what this thing is i've just been able to use this tool of detachment i say the last like month or so right really since i got back to my internship is when i've noticed it the most and it's like i don't have to get lost in these feelings i don't have to become anger i don't have to become joy i don't have to become sadness or anxiety or confusion or despair or lonely or whatever it is i'm feeling i can simply be me i can be zach zachary brian Kanati, and still experience and just watch these emotions pass right i can be angry but that doesn't have to affect how i'm doing it and now why is this important right because when we can just experience our emotions, we can detach from them. We can see other things that are contributing to them, right? So instead of just reacting to somebody, maybe somebody gives an insult to you, right? Instead of just reacting to them, you can instead of react, respond, right? So reacting would be, they say an insult, fuck you, bro. Fuck you. I don't need to listen to you. You're like, you don't know me. You don't know me, son. You don't know me, son. Fuck you. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Fuck you up. Versus responding would be, ma'am, I don't really think you want to do this right now. I don't really think like we need to do this right now. You know, let's talk about what's actually pissing you off. That's that's the difference, right? The first one, I'm, you're ready to fight. You're ready to go down. You're snapping. In fact, you're instigating it. You're propelling the anger forward. You're making it worse. You're th- pushing the gas pedal to the floor. You're going from what was a 60 mile an hour problem to now 120 mile an hour problem. Versus this latter is you're saying, whoa there cowboy, let's step on the brakes real quick. Let's go from 60 down to 20. And let's go from 20 down to five. And let's go from five and now let's idle, right? Because when we can experience our emotions, understand and see the variables that have been contributing to them the things that actually caused us to feel them we can then see oh okay well i can actually see now why i'm pissed i can see now why i'm anxious here's let me do something about it that's productive right that's moving forward but this can be really hard right because if any anybody if you guys are like me at all i experience emotions at zero or a hundred 
It's zero to it's zero miles an hour. I'm fucking idling. I'm cooling. I'm chilling like a villain, right? Or it's all the way. It's very. I'm learning still very much so how to regulate my emotions. So instead of going from zero to a hundred, I'm going from zero to seventy. Or lately, it's been zero to fifty. Or it's you know I f- my emotions are feeling a hundred, but I'm feeling thirty. Right? I'm f- I'm chilling. Like, yeah, I'm a little irritated right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited right now, but I'm not freaking out, right? I'm not going, oh, my God, Justin Bieber, ah! I'm not fangirl freaking out, right? I'm, I'm chilling like a villain, bro. I'm feeling all these things. I'm still feeling it to the same degree. I'm just getting less and less lost in that feeling. And voluntary suffering, right? And this is the key word. It's, it's voluntary and it is suffering. Both of those components must be there, right? Involuntary suffering just sucks, right? That's like you have a family member die, you lose your job unexpectedly, you have a natural disaster you're in, uh, your significant other breaks up with you out of the blue, you know, you get some terrible news, somebody steals your catalytic converter, um, you know, you lose your wallet and there's all your money in there and somebody steals your credit card, right? Like there's an innumerable amount of terrible things that cause involuntary suffering. And then you just have to deal with those things. But voluntary suffering is something that you voluntarily put yourself through to cause difficulty, to cause, for lack of better, suffering in your life. It is going to be painful. And the benefit of doing this is you actually get to test and learn and train. The most important part of that is you get to train that boss skill, which if you guys remember earlier, is being able to regulate your internal state, which is you get to learn to regulate your nervous system. And the suffering is key there because suffering implies a certain degree of intensity. So this is not like, oh, I'm just a little tired. I have to spend an extra 20 minutes inputting these numbers. And I click here, I click there, and I click here. And, oh, man, it's just so boring. And this sucks. And, oh, it's only been 30 seconds. And why can't the day be done yet? Like, oh, man, this is really, really hard. No. No. that's That doesn't work. Right? That's not enough. Because to suffer means there's a certain degree, there's a minimal required entry point for it to be considered suffering. And it needs to be that minimal entry point for it to be, and it needs to be to the level of suffering for the simple reason as you are going to suffer in life. You're going to suffer. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be within the next five years. But at some point from this moment on until the day you die, you will experience some degree of suffering. There is no question about it. There is no one immune to it. You could have everything in the life that you could ever want and you will find suffering. Or more appropriately, suffering will find you. And what makes you an average person, a good person, or a fucking boss is how you respond during that suffering, 
right? How well are you able to regulate your internal state? How well are you able to regulate your desire to run away and to flee and to freak the fuck out or to get lost in anger and to snap on that person and say, fuck you, bro. You don't know me. I'll fuck you up. Or you just run away and cower in fear and never do anything about it and let it just happen. Curl up in your turtle shell. Mommy, I'm sorry. I want my mommy. To what degree can you regulate your internal state? To what degree of control do you have? And this is why voluntary suffering is so critical. Because when you put yourself there, it also lets you know it's like, yep, I'm doing this to myself. And you know, in the back of your mind, you have every single second, scratch that, every single millisecond to back out. You have every single chance. There's nothing stopping you. This is 100% voluntary. There's nothing stopping you. There's no physical thing stopping you. There's nobody keeping you in the cold shower. There's nobody keeping you in the workout. This is between you and you, nobody else. But the difference is is when you choose to stay in there and when you choose to stay one second longer, one breath longer, one more rep, when you choose that, you make yourself stronger because to actively choose to stay longer than what you want to is an act of internal state regulation. It is you telling yourself, no body, no mind, your desire to leave the cold shower, your desire to get out of the pool, your desire to quit the workout, your desire to not have the conversation is not going to stop me. I am me and I am taking control of the situation. I am saying for at least one more millisecond, one more breath, one more rep, one more sentence, one more thing, one more item. We are staying in this fight. I am not quitting. I will not quit. No matter what you do for this next second, I will not quit. And in order to do that, in order to make that decision, right? Because it is a decision. And a decision, Ed Milet has a great definition of this. You have a thought. You have a decision. A decision is a thought plus an action. If you have a thought with no action, it's merely of a thought, right? If you have a, an action with no thought, it's just mindless activity. But a decision is when you have a thought and an action follows it, right? So you were actively making the decision you're having a thought and you're making action that follows through with it to stay in the fight to suffer just a little bit more and what you're doing is you're training your mind for that fucked up situation that's to come you're training your mind not to lose its shit when you lose your job or when your spouse breaks up with you when you get the divorce when you get your car stolen right when you break your leg and you can't work or when you get diagnosed with cancer and now you're debating life it trains you to be able to not lose your shit and if you can just withstand for one more second to not lose your shit you have the advantage over the person who does 
lose your shit. And you have the advantage and you can build the confidence in yourself, right? And this is where we bring it all the way back to the beginning, right? If you have been through enough voluntary suffering, right, where you've put yourself through the fire enough times, you have taken iron and sharpened iron with it enough times and you've stuck it into the forge and burned the shit out of it and then you've hammered it with a hammer, you've flattened the edge and you've plunged it into the water and the oil and then you've scraped off the rough parts until you have honed a razor sharp fine edge. When you have done that process enough, when you have honed yourself into a razor sharp blade, you have a confidence that is true, that is real, and that you can believe in. There's a lot of people who can fake confidence, right? There's a lot of people who are just actors in this world. They just put on a mask, right? What about all those antidepressant masks or all those antidepressant commercials? It's the mask of a smile and behind the person's crying. There's so many people in this world. There's so many influencers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook that have this mask of confidence and inside they're just an insecure, weak, sad little person who feels like an imposter because they are. Right? When you can actually have forged yourself into a blade where you know, you know without a doubt that you can be confident in what you can do, that is true confidence. You can walk into a room and say, I am Zachary Brian Kanati. I used to have panic attacks five years ago, and now I haven't had one in multiple years because I have done the work to not have one. I have done the work. I know the techniques, and I believe in myself that I can regulate my own internal state, that I will not get to that point again. And if I do, so help me God, I will figure it out how to get out of that point. Because I've done it enough times. I've trained myself internally. I've trained my mind, my spirit, and my soul enough times where I'm not afraid of it anymore. I will do my damnedest to avoid it. But if I so happen to end up in that situation, I've been here before. I know what to do. And I can get out of it minimally scathed. That right there is true fucking confidence. Nobody can take that from me. Nobody can say shit to me about it. I didn't say, well, test, fuck around and find out, bro. <laughs> fuck around and find out. Let's go. I don't have to worry about it. And that comes from voluntary suffering. Now, I've been talking a lot and I've been hot today. This is a good fucking episode. Y'all, y'all are going to get a lot out of this one. What are some ways that we can actually put ourselves through voluntary suffering, right? What do I suggest that you guys do? What are some ways, what are some things that you can start help to today, right? The moment you listen to this, what are some things you can do today that will make you stronger, that you can start training your brain to control your internal state? Well, if anything, it is do something that sucks, right? That could be studying, if you're a student, that could be doing your goddamn homework. That could be studying for that test in three weeks. That could be not having that beer tonight. That could be not having that cookie tonight. That could be getting up to your alarm the first time 
not the seventh alarm, not after eight snoozes, the very first time it gets up. That could be taking a cold shower. That could be going for a run. That could be going to the gym. Right? That could be looking yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I forgive you for all of the mistakes that you have done in the past. You were doing the best you could in that moment, and it wasn't maybe the ideal outcome, but it was the best you could do. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's going back and you know, having a conversation with yourself and figuring out as to why you have the insecurities that you do. Right? Maybe it's reading that book. Maybe it's applying for a job. Maybe it's speaking up in class tomorrow or asking your boss for that raise. Right? Do something that sucks. Do something where you don't want to be in it. Maybe it's talking to a girl or a hot guy. Right? Maybe it's sending a text. Maybe it's going out and knocking door to door because you have a brand new business and you need customers. Right? Maybe it's starting a podcast. That's because you're putting your voice out there for everybody to judge and ridicule you for. And, you know, maybe they're not going to like it. Maybe you're going to sound like an idiot. You know, maybe you're going to add, um, uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, maybe. Well, I mean, like literally, but like, uh, I mean, you know, hey, man, do something that is difficult today. Drop down and give me 20 push-ups. If you can't do 20 push-ups, give me 5 push-ups. If you can't do 5 push-ups, hold a plank for 30 seconds. If you can't do that, drop to your knees and do the plank. Right? If you can't do that, get up to your fucking alarm on time. But every single day, you need to do something that sucks. Because every single day, you're going to get instances that are going to challenge you, that are going to try and throw you out of regulation. You're going to not do your routine, and you're going to need to know that, you know what, hey, I haven't done my routine, I'm not grounded today, but actually that's okay because I know what to do to get myself back grounded. Do something that sucks every single day. Voluntarily make yourself suffer. Voluntarily and suffer. It means that you have to choose to do it and there has to be a certain level of intensity for it to count as suffering. And my friends, the more days in a row you can do this, the more days in a row where you can exert control over your internal dialogue and your state and where it's screaming at you, I don't want to do this. This sucks. It's scary. I'm not good enough. And you say, you know what? I understand that. I understand it sucks. I understand it's scary. I understand we've never done this before. And I understand every time we've done this before, we've failed. And we have every single right to believe that we are inadequate in this way or every fucking way. But you know what? Not today. Because today, I'm going to choose to go through the difficulty. Because today, I am going to tell myself that I am strong and I'm going to make the decision and I'm going to follow up the thought of I am strong with an action of something that is difficult and I'm going to persevere through it and I'm going to prove to myself without a shred of doubt that at least for that instance, I am strong. I'm going to prove to myself, at least for a little bit, I am not a bitch that I thought I was. I'm going to prove to myself that, you know what, I can do difficult things. I can stand up for myself. I can hold a boundary. I can go to the gym every day. I can stick to this diet because I am not weak. 
and I'm going to prove it to myself without a doubt. And I will do it day in and day out because if I miss a day, that is not adding to myself. That is showing myself, oh, you know what? You did it eight days in a row, but you didn't do it today. You know what? That's a sign of weakness. And I'm going to say, you know what? You're right. I missed, I missed today, but I'm going to step up again tomorrow. I'm not going to let today's failure be today or yesterday's failure be today's failure. Yesterday's failure will turn into today's success because I failed yesterday. Every single time you do something voluntarily that is difficult, that is hard, you prove to yourself and you prove to that voice in your head that says you can't. You prove to that voice that says you're weak, that says you're inadequate, that says you're not good enough, that says you're not pretty enough, that says you're not rich enough, that you're not doing enough, that you're not this, you're not that. You say, you know what, motherfucker? Watch me. Watch me prove you wrong. I am enough. I am strong. I am capable. I am resilient. And I will not quit. That, my friends, is why voluntary suffering is so important. That right there. Because you are proving to yourself that you are the person you dream of. You're proving to yourself that you're not all of your inadequacies you are not your insecurities you can rise above that and it can be the smallest thing hell it might be getting out of bed get out of bed every day start there and then once you can do that start getting up to an alarm and then once you can do that add reading a book and then add going for a walk and then add going to the gym and then maybe throw in a cold shower and then maybe stay in that cold shower stay at the gym or stay in that walk for a little bit longer maybe do some push-ups in your spare time do things that suck to prove you're as strong as you actually are because the voice in your head is wrong as it's telling you how weak and inadequate you are you are not weak you are not inadequate those are lies you've begun to believe from other people who have told it to you in the past you might not remember who those people are you might not know when you took on those voices but that is where that voice came from that is not you that has never been you that is somebody else and it is frankly a lie but it is a lie you've begun to believe so now it is a lie you must begin to disprove. Folks, damn, that was good. I feel fucking ready to go. Fuck. Let's get it, y'all. That's the fucking episode right there. That's the episode right there. And now <laughs> we're gonna we gotta include this last little bit because I'm a guy, I am a man who adds value and one of those pieces of value that I add to you guys is a recipe of things you can put in your face hole that are going to give you a little bit more control and a little bit more dominance in your life and your nutrition because this thing activates and interacts with literally every single area of your life is what you put in your mouth so what's today's recipe well I'm going to tell y'all what I have for dinner I had some motherfucking pork chops, and they were delicious. Now, 
I seasoned them real simply. I put on some fresh cracked pepper, right? And just scraped in that. Well, first let's let's back up here just a little bit, a little bit there. For a pork chop, how to make it the fucking delicious? What we're gonna do? You're gonna take your pan, you can plop it on the stove. You know, open up your, your oil, so either your olive oil, your avocado oil, your coconut oil, your real butter, your ghee, whatever the fuck it is that you want to use to make your pan non-stick. You're going to put a little bit of that right in there, right in there. You can get your pan nice and hot. I'm talking about, we're talking about like a 8 or a 9 or even a maximum 10 on heat. And you're just going to hold your hand right above the pan and you're going to feel it to be hot. Okay, because if you put it in, if you put your pork chop in there too soon, it's not going to cook right. All right, so we want it to get hot. Another example is your oil could start crackling. And pop, pop, pop. Right, it's gonna, <laughs> that's not how oil necessarily sounds, but sound effects. So your oil starts popping and cracking, and it's like, all right, I know this is hot now. So then you're going to put your meat in there. Now, if you put in a little too much oil, it's going to go up. You can do oil in hands, just like when you cook bacon, all right? So we don't want quite that much, much oil in there, but if you do that, it's whatever. It's not the end of the world. So you can put your piece in, and as soon as you're in, you're going to wait 10 seconds, and then you're going to turn the heat down to about a 6 to a 7 out of 10. And the reason is because, and the reason we waited 10 seconds before we turned the heat down is we want that pork chop to get a nice char on it, okay? And if we cool it down too quick... Our pans are going to lose heat, especially if you have a gas stove. Most pans don't hold their heat real well. And in fact, that's a good thing because it gives you more control over your cooking. But we're going to turn it down and right after we get that char in. And then what we're going to do is we're going to put some cracked pepper in. We're going to do a little sprinkle of salt. We're going to do some oregano. We're going to do some thyme and some rosemary. And then you're just going to flip it. You'll flip it like that. And you're going to add a little bit of garlic powder in there and once you flip it you can do the same thing on the other side now pork is like chicken where you should not eat it raw okay that is not a good thing right like you might get some you might get some sickness and you might die all right that's that's just the reality of the situation but i really don't want that for you i really don't want that for you that is not the type of voluntary suffering we're talking about all right that's just being an idiot it's being fucking stupid so we want to cook it all the way through. I've noticed it's about, depending on how thick your pork chop is, is about three minutes aside. All right. So that first time we got that nice char on there. So we're gonna and we seasoned the raw top. Now we're gonna flip it over. So now what the first side that has seasoning on, that's now against the hot pan. But we turned down the heat, so we're just gonna have to let it sit there a little bit longer. That's all that is. That's all that means. And then we're going to season the side that is char. Now, I would not add quite as much seasoning to this side for one of two reasons. The first one, it's just not going to stick as well, right? You already charred it, and so it's just it's not going to be like the raw meat where it can stick. It can settle in, and it's going to actually inject the flavors. This one is just kind of to cover it up. Number two is we actually don't want to add that much seasoning because the char has its own seasoning, all right, so after about six to eight minutes total, depending on how thick your pork chop is, it might be up to 10 if you got a real thickums, or if you got a real thick boy, it might be up to 10 minutes. You're going to take it off, and you're going to slice, and you're going to let it rest, actually. Sorry, I get real excited 
about it because it was freaking delicious. Delicious. Delicious, guys. I kid you not. But you're going to let set. You're going to let rest, it's called. All right. And what this does is it allows the piece of meat to absorb the juice, to absorb the flavor, and it actually makes it taste better. And it cools down and the juice kind of sits in there. It sits in its own juice. It's almost like it's a self-marinade. So you let it rest for about two to five minutes. All right, we don't want to go too long where it starts getting cold. We also don't want to go too short where it's just like that. <laughs> All right, let's go back to it type rest, right? We want it to actually bring... It's like exercise, man. You got to bring that heart rate, that breath rate back down so you're all good. And then, and then once it is rested, once it is sat in its own juice and it has absorbed it, and the juice and the flavor and the seasonings and the char have all, they've gotten able to do a little bachata together. They're doing a little mm, 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 mm. Mix around. I want you to take a nice slice about a half inch thick slice clear across that whole piece of pork chop and i want you to cut that into either thirds or just in half okay i want you to take that piece i want you to just look it up and admire it and then i want you to slowly take a bite start chewing it slowly all right i want you to just breathe in and like ratatouille. I want you to taste the flavors, taste the pepper, taste a little bit of salt, the garlic, the rosemary, the thyme. And I want you to let the juice and the char of the actual piece of meat settle on your tongue and mix with these other flavors. And I want you to breathe deeply while you do this, okay? So we're talking deep nasal breathing while we choose. So we're going Just let it sit there. And then when it's fully chewed, I want you to swallow it. And I want you to do the same thing with the next piece. Guys and ladies, it's going to be decadent. So that's the episode, y'all. That's the recipe. That's the value. If you found some value bar today, which God freaking dang it by golly. I don't know how you couldn't. I know I couldn't, man. I'm freaking leaving here. I'm freaking pumped. I'm ready to go. And you know what? I'll tell you what. I earned my good day today. So I got one more thing. If you, I need you to use it. I need you to share it. But the most important thing I need you to do after you hear this is I need you to go out. I need you to experiment. I need you to live. And I need you to earn your good day. Now, child, go out into the world and earn your good day. Spread your good fortune and do what you got to do to kick ass, take names, and come back, go to bed, and say, by golly, I earned my good day. Amen. I'm out.